0: We are going higher, everyone. Welcome to One Life Radio. This is Bernadette Fiaschetti with Jerry Caldwell and Marie Early, broadcasting live from Dallas, Texas, on iHeartMedia, as well as KMET in Southern California on ABC News Talk. Jer, Mayor, how you doing?
1: Hello. (laughs) Puppies are running me ragged, but I'm here.
0: (laughs) <laughs> oh, my gosh, but I love it. What a, what a great way to be tired, right? By playing your heart out with two puppies. Two fresh little new sweet little brown-eyed Are they brown-eyed puppies?
1: Yes.
0: <laughs> oh, my, my gosh. My 13-year-old puppy was throwing up all last
1: night at 3.30 in the morning, <laughs> so that's what I woke up to.
0: Oh, my gosh. You get one <laughs> live. <laughs> all right. Well, you know what today is. It's Tuesday. That's top news and views of the week. with uh, are from the Defender newsletter in the childrenshealthdefense.org with Stephanie Lucretio, how are you today, Stephanie? Welcome. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here, and I'm really excited to hear that I'm not the only one
2: with puppy problems. I, too, got a puppy three weeks ago, so now I have not one, but two dogs, and it's been very interesting.
1: Oh, I got two puppies about a month ago.
0: Yeah. Uh, we're going to have to talk offline Jerry because uh, I need some help here. Okay. <laughs> I love all these puppy people. They come out. That's what we call, we can call each other whether our puppies puppy are Puppy people in the house say puppy oh. people Puppy people oh. in the
1: house say oh. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, my God, I love it. I love dogs. I love dogs so much. I do. I love all animals, but I just love my dogs, all of them. I've got a lot of them. (laughs) We won't go to the number, (laughs) but Stephanie, it's so great to have you with us. Stephanie Lucretio, everyone, is the Advocacy and Outreach Manager at CHD, that's Children's Health Defense. She works to amplify the voices of those fighting for issues impacting the health and freedom of our children. Stephanie provides support encouragement, and action steps advocates can take to build the more beautiful world we all want our children to live in. Uh, their website is simply childrenshealthdefense.org. We've got some great stories this week. You ready to jump in?
2: I'm ready. Let's do it.
0: Let's do it. Let's do it. So the first headline we're discussing today from the Defender newsletter, most read news and views of the week, reads, exclusive interview with RFK Jr. on why he wrote the book, The Wuhan Cover-Up and the Terrifying Bioweapons Arm Race. So Stephanie, in the exclusive interview with RFK Jr. and CHD President and CEO Mary Holland, what were some of the things they discussed in the interview?
2: It was such a great interview. I was so happy that Mary and Bobby sat down for CHD TV to discuss his new book. We've been waiting for quite a while, the Wuhan cover-up. He talks about the terrifying bioweapons arms race, which is releasing today. And they really ran the gamut in this interview. You have to watch it if you haven't seen it yet. It's on our website if you didn't catch it last Mm -hmm. week. In the interview, Kennedy is calling for an end to risky gain of function research to prevent future lab leaks. He said that there should be transparency among nations conducting such research and that it should be criminalized, which I completely agree with. He also sees the pandemic preparedness as a driver of authoritarian government control that threatens civil liberties and hopes that the war on cover-up can help us to understand the failures that have brought us to this point so we can protect our fundamental rights in the future Mm -hmm. And I think that really cool thing was we got the idea of what the Wuhan cover-up was for. It emerged as Kennedy was finishing his previous book, which was also a great success, The Real Anthony Fauci. If you haven't read it, it's definitely a Mm must-read. And he was overwhelmed with the volume of of information coming forth on gain-of-function research and the origins of COVID-19. So, the information pointed to the CIA, which Kennedy said was deeply involved in it from the beginning, going back to 1947. My God. Wow. To a project involving smuggling more than 1,600 Nazi scientists who had worked on developing chemical, biological, and nuclear weapons into the U.S. So, there's such a long history here. And, you know, these books are dense reads, but I feel like it's really important for people who are paying attention to really get this information because we know that knowledge is power. And as we're heading into the holidays and we're going to be sitting at the table with family and friends, these conversations come up and when you have your facts straight and you know the information, we're constantly seeking to plant seeds. So Mm -hmm. I highly recommend if you haven't already, Definitely order it. It has been released. It's releasing today. It is. And can be pre-ordered from the publisher, Skyhorse Publishing, or from Amazon, Barnes and Noble mm-hmm. and other booksellers. And I challenge people, call your local mom and pop bookshops around your community because the surprising thing was when the real Anthony Fauci came out, there were many bookstores that refused to sell it. And we had a whole campaign where we were calling our local bookstores and demanding That they sold the book at the bookstore. So take a look, book local libraries, you'd be shocked to see how many people are just not including these publications in their stores or local libraries. And we must demand that the truth and all information is available to all citizens, no matter where you live.
0: What a great message it is. I think mine is at my gate right now. I think Amazon delivered it a couple of minutes ago. I pre-ordered it, you know, back a couple of months ago, and I cannot wait to crack that book. The Wuhan cover-up is what we're talking about, everyone. The new, newly released book by Robert F. Kennedy Jr., uh, the Wuhan cover-up and the terrifying bioweapons arm race. You know, one of the things that I didn't know until I read this article in the Defender newsletter is that uh, in 1969, President Richard Nixon surprised everyone by unilaterally terminating the U.S. bioweapons programs and later pushing through the Global uh, Biological Weapons Convention to stop all research stockpiling and use of bioweapons, Uh, Mr. Kennedy told Mary Holland, uh, as well as I did not know that Obama halted the bioweapons research program as well, but Fauci never stopped. Those are very important things to know about this. It's because it's bad and that's why, you know, both sides of the fence, whether it's the left or the right knows that this kind of operations going on, bio, uh, you know, all of this these bioweapons is really detrimental for all of us living on the planet Earth, right? It's a really bad thing.
2: It's really bad. It's very dangerous, you know, and we're seeing things starting to gear up in Canada and Canada and China rather. <laughs> Talking about this um, illness in children and the hospitals are, you know, full again. So, you know, for people that were paying attention to what was happening at this time in 2019 going into 2020, we're gearing up for the same type of messaging, the Mm fear-based propaganda. And that's why understanding the history and understanding where we've been through getting yourself up to speed on, you know, in books like the Wuhan cover-up and the real Anthony Fauci helps us to really dispel that fear and to see how much propaganda is being pushed because fear is ultimately a a modification behavior tool. Mm -hmm. Like that's what they're seeking to do is to use fear to modify our behavior to make us think that we need to change the way that we live our lives to protect ourselves and to protect our community. So when you dive into these books and you see all the history How much has gone on behind the scenes? It really does give you a different perspective as you assume (laughs) all the fear-based crazy on mainstream media and otherwise.
0: well, and you say behind the scenes, and then you mentioned it went back to Operation Paperclip in 1947. You know, that, inf- it said that I'm reading from the article here that that information pointed to the CIA. You already said that, which Kennedy said was deeply involved in it from the very beginning, going back to its first mission in 1947. That project involved smuggling into the U.S. more than 1,600 Nazi scientists who had worked on developing chemical, biological, and nuclear wep- weapons and missile systems. And so we're, you know, you you read something like that and you think, oh my gosh, this really does have a very long history, excuse me, of just very sinister behavior. Right? Yeah. And you
2: know, the crazy thing, he also said that a lot of them ended up in Fort Detrick or down in Galveston or on on the Mm. Navy labs, Mm. And that was the beginning of the United States bioweapons program when they smuggled these Nazis in. So it's, it's been a long time coming. And I think that, People often choose to sort of keep their heads dug in the sand because ignorance can be bliss, especially when we're living through some of the craziest times, you know, I've ever lived through in my life. But I think that people need to dive in, dig deep, get the information and become the planters of truth seeds and also change makers, because Mm -hmm. without the
0: resistance of the people, it's a very dark future that we're living into, unfortunately. Oh, it uh, absolutely is. And uh, Marie, do you want to say anything or Jerry? Oh. What do you think when, we, when we're talking about these stories? I mean, these this is some really dark stuff.
1: I was thinking just the other day, what is good? What would stop the pharmaceutical companies from releasing a new strain of COVID just so they could do a new far, a new vaccine? Nothing. You know, because <laughs> they're so greedy and they want to hold on to that money.
0: Yeah. You know,
1: and we've talked about Moderna, like losing money because, you know, not everybody's taking the booster. What would stop them from doing that?
2: And they're still pushing. I mean, even though the COVID vaccine, the injection, I like to say, has been proven to be unsafe and ineffective. I was at the pharmacy last night and this older woman was signing her paperwork. And which arm do you want the COVID vaccine? Which arm do you want the flu vaccine? And this woman got The COVID in her left and the flu in her right and was like smiling. Oh, that was so fast and easy. I was literally Mm. nauseated because this Mm -hmm. is all based on the fear-based propaganda campaign that continues to just fill our airways and just fill the newspapers, the billboards on highways.
0: It's really sad. It is sad, and you know, uh, I want. I would be remiss if I did not mention this. You know, I go back to uh, March uh, 16th of 2023, and it was an article written by Dr. Joseph Mercola, and it was in the Defender newsletter, and the title was, Is Lyme Disease the Result of a Bioweapon Gone Wrong? After I read that article by Dr. Joseph Mercola, uh, in it, who he quoted uh, uh, from the book, A Bitten, The Secret History of Lyme Disease and Biological Weapons, written by Chris Newby, Newby who was on the the show when if you you really want to take a deep dive as well on uh, on what's really been going on with this uh, these biological weapons I would suggest you read that book too and anyone that has Lyme disease or someone in your family you really need to know what you're dealing with and uh, it's pretty scary yeah do you know do you know Chris Newby um, Stephanie, do you know who I'm talking about? She wrote the book Bitten. It sounds so familiar. No, but I definitely yeah. have to get it cuz my sister actually suffered oh. with Lyme for many years. She's still dealing with oh. the
2: after effects.
0: Oh my of gosh. Lyme. Yeah. Oh, you're going to you're, you're it's going to it's going to make your head on fire <laughs> when you read it. More so than it already is. <laughs> I, mean, I, I don't know. i'm looking at the clock though we need to go to break we'll be right back more coming up with stephanie lucretio she is the advocacy and outreach manager for children's health defense stay tuned you are listening to one life radio if you miss the show not to worry you can always catch the podcast after the broadcast at oneliferadio.com or your favorite podcast app be sweet (laughs) barricade We've all heard the mantra that vaccines are safe and effective, but is it really true? Turtles All the Way Down Vaccine Science and Myth is an in-depth review and analysis of the science on vaccine safety. By the time you finish reading, not only will you see the answer clearly for yourself, you will also have the scientific references and quotes at your disposal that prove it. More than 1,200 of them from mainstream scientific papers and textbooks to official government publications and vaccine manufacturer's documents. Whether you are new to the vaccine debate or a veteran seeking a deeper grasp of the science, Turtles All the Way Down Vaccine Science and Myth is a must read. Now available on Amazon. Magnesium supports the health of nearly every system in the human body yet it can be difficult to maintain healthy levels through diet or supplements. The ideal way to restore and maintain healthy magnesium levels is through your body's largest, most efficient organ of absorption, your skin. Be sure that your body is getting the magnesium it needs with Ancient Minerals, the number one recommended topical magnesium among health practitioners worldwide. Their lotions, highly concentrated magnesium oils, bath salts and gels make it easy to get the daily magnesium you need to thrive. And the best part? Ancient Minerals is part of EnviroMedica, a name synonymous with quality and integrity. Learn more about magnesium and ancient minerals at EnviroMedica.com. Back with more positivity pouring out your speakers. It's One Life Radio. Welcome back to One Life Radio, everyone. This is Bernadette Villaschetti with Jerry Caldwell, Marie Early, and Stephanie Lucretio, we are going over the top news and views of the week from the Defender Newsletter at the, and the Children's Defense.org. with Stephanie Lucretio. She is the Advocacy and Outreach Manager at CHD. She works to amplify the voices of those fighting for issues impacting the health and freedom of our children. Stephanie provides support, encouragement, and action steps advocates can take to build the more beautiful world that we all want for our children to live in their website is simply childrenshealthdefense.org. We okay, our second headline from the Defender newsletter reads UN launches Gates-funded global digital ID program as experts warn of totalitarian nightmare. Stephanie, what is the 50 and 5 campaign and why are critics calling it a totalitarian nightmare?
2: It is just that. So the 50 and 5 is a United Nations campaign to promote and accelerate the development of a global digital public infrastructure or DPI. Greg Glaser, who's a CHD attorney, calls it a quote totalitarian nightmare designed to onboard small countries with digital ID, digital wallets, digital lawmaking, digital voting, and more. And surprise, surprise, this campaign is supported by none other than the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Mm-hmm. Um, the United Nations Development Program, UNDP, said its 50 and 5 campaign will spur the construction of an underlying network of components that includes digital payments, ID, and data exchange systems, which will serve as a critical accelerator of the sustainable developmental goals. The goal of the campaign is for 50 countries to have designed, implemented, and scaled at least one DPI component in a safe, inclusive, and interoperable manner in five years, the UNDP stated. Critics of the campaign, including Tim Hinchcliffe, editor of The Sociable, who told the Defender he believes DPI is a mechanism for surveillance and control that combines digital ID, central bank digital currency, CBDC, Vaccine passports and carbon footprint tracking data, paving the way for 15-minute smart cities, future lockdowns, and a system of social credit. He also said, quote, that the world doesn't need 50 and 5. The people never asked for it. It came from the top down. What the people want is for their governments to do their actual jobs to serve the people. Amen mm. to that,
0: Hinchcliffe. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You know, I, I, I all these acronyms, all these organizations, it's hard to keep up with everything. You know, you almost have to keep a, you know, when you're reading articles like this, like a a list of side notes of to keep all the organizations straight. And I agree, you know, um, what's said in here um, about it scares the hell out of him. Uh, That's what um, uh, Mr. Jaffe uh, said about Gates involvement in all of this. And, And it should scare the hell out of everybody, really. I mean, Gates can't openly plan a one-world government, right? So they use different phrases like global partnership, agenda 2030, and all these things. And now this 50 and 5, um, uh, that's just a growing list of dystopian phrases. And I'm quoting that from the article. What are you thinking over there, Marie, when you re- I know she's looking over there like she wants to say something. What it, do you want to say? <laughs>
1: it's just one of the things that that irritates me is the carbon footprint tracking data. Mm-hmm. I mean, the carbon... if you know the problems come from the larger corporations and the you know right commercialization and factories and all of that I feel like um individually we need we need to do our part but we don't need to be tracked they need to be tracked I feel like uh-huh. and they're not going to be they're gonna you know it trickles down and they're gonna expect people I think that's just a way of keeping tabs on people
0: yeah absolutely yeah what do you say to and that? if
2: you really want to track the carbon footprint. I remember watching a documentary years ago called Cowtopia, and they were calling every single nonprofit that's supposed to deal with global warming to point out the big pink elephant in the room, which is our factory farming system. So one of the biggest proponents of what's happening with our our carbon footprint and emissions and all that stuff is our factory farming processes. So it's something that needs to be looked at. I mean, it's funny, because all of these you know, global conglomerates that talk about carbon footprint and tracking. They're flying in their private jets all over the world. Yes. Like, <laughs> right. It's,
0: it's like living in a
2: gated community and like, you know, talking about people having alarm systems and judging them. It just makes absolutely no sense to me. And the sad part is that there are already are quite a few countries who are already moving on this. The 11, they call them first mover countries, launching 50 and five are Bangladesh, Estonia, Ethiopia, Guatemala, Moldova, Norway, Senegal, Sierra Leone, Singapore, Sri Lanka, and Togo. So there are already countries that are buying into this, and you know it's like a domino effect. As more Mm -hmm. fall, you know, it becomes something that starts to work its way into places that might be more resistant.
1: Now, wasn't it they were going to – you could only drive your car on certain days and –
0: Oh, well, really limiting
1: like what you Mm -hmm. can do within well within 15
0: minutes. I mean, think about it. I I can't I think it was maybe Karen Madonna we were talking about, you know, what if your doctors, you know, 25 or 30 minutes away or maybe um, an hour away. Right. Depending on how upon where you live. Those are things that we have to think about, you know, think about how limiting that would be a 15 minute city and you choose with what's within that 15 minutes. Or, or or you can't have it. I mean, that's pretty scary to think about taking away that liberty or freedom of getting in your car and just, you know, um, going where you need to go, right? Yeah, <laughs> I think about it. My parents still live in Staten Island. I'm in New Jersey.
2: So I have to cross the bridge to get to them. And, you know, I think of these things all the time because if there were a situation where they're a lockdown or a 15-minute city, like you have to justify Why is it that you need to go over that bridge? Why is it that you need to drive 45 minutes outside of that 15? Then it's decided whether or not that need is actually warranted for that trip. It it becomes a really dystopian nightmare very quickly. There's that image. Do you remember this, Bernadette? Years ago on social media, there was this image and it said vaccine checkpoint and it had like the cops and there was this woman that was like being ripped from her child. Her child is being taken. And all you see is like the injection. Oh, my and gosh. I remember posting that in like 2015, like mm-hmm. the stuff of nightmares. And it's yes. like the more we get into the weeds and all this stuff and how things have been the last couple of years and all the things that are going on in the background, the big plans that places like the Bill and Melinda Gates organization have it becomes something that's not that far off of a reality because with all the things that they're trying to put in play with the tracking, the tracing, the digital, you know, ID, the central bank currency, like there's a lot of things in play that would really infringe upon freedoms that we take for granted, just being able to get in your car and go to a gym that's 25 minutes away. Like these are things that we need to stop taking for granted and realize that we have to do our part. To ensure that our elected officials are doing their job and serving their constituency. Absolutely. Instead of- Serving big industry and you know corrupt organizations like the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation.
0: Mm-hmm. We, you know, on, on Friday we had Justin Goodman on. He's a master of arts and he is the senior vice president of advocacy and public policy for the White Coat Waste Project. And in that interview, we talked about animal testing is a twenty billion dollar industry. You think about that, and he he uh, was making the connection to between that and all this you know, all the bioweapons and how it's all related to all the testing they do in the laboratories and animals are being really mistreated. And and I'm going somewhere with this. And then you were talking, um, Stephanie, about all the cruel what's going on in the animal farming industry, right? The industrial animal farm farming industry. And I want everyone to think about this for a second. How they treat those animals when they're doing animal testing and these universities and these laboratories and how they treat animals in the industrial farming complex is what they will ultimately do to us. They want total control to do whatever they want, whenever they want, without anyone speaking up. That's how I see it far into the future. Does that sound crazy?
2: A 100% no. (laughs) It's so on point because these people that we're talking about don't value human life. No, don't value human freedom. Any life. Any life at all. So the same way that they treat the cows and the pigs, and you know, it comes down to that one health policy with the world health organization of basically making sure that animals have the same health, you know, uh, uh, health opportunities and benefits as humans. Like basically like leveling the playing field. Mm -hmm. It's It's, all right there. You know, all you need to do is dig a little bit beneath the surface and look outside of those mainstream publications, yeah. like the or like some of these other organizations that are brave enough to put the truth out there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because it's, it's not like they're trying to hide it. They just really believe that human beings are just running on autopilot. They have us busy with, you know, working and social media and the tasks and all the distractions mm-hmm. of life. Oh, yeah. So they just don't think that anyone's paying attention.
0: Yeah. We need to well, show them otherwise. Oh, gosh. It's just such a, such a big subject. It really is. And we've only gotten to the second story. So we're going to go to break. When we come back, we're going to ramp it up here on My Life Radio. We have a lot to talk about. But this is really important stuff to make, take the time. To, to connect the dots, right? So everybody understands that they're not fooling around. This is a very evil group of people that are trying to uh, basically run the world the way they want to run it. And it's uh, it's a disease. And that disease, the name of it is greed. And it's not okay. Not for us. Not for a, a rabbit in a laboratory or, a, you know, a cow in an industrial, <laughs> you know, um, uh Pat, uh, processing plant. It's just wrong. I, there's, there's a right way and a wrong way to do everything, right? And so we're going to go to break. I'm going to take a break, <laughs> a break and a breath. So stay tuned, everyone. More coming up uh, with Stephanie Lucretio and the org. You are listening to One Life Radio.
1: Follow us on social media at One Life Radio.
0: Children's Health Defense, led by Robert F. Kennedy Jr., is devoted to the health of all people and the planet. Their team fights tirelessly against the public health policies, practices, and mandates that are harming our health, and threatening our medical freedoms. Children's Health Defense steps in where others fear to tread. Visit childrenshealthdefense.org and tune in every Monday for health freedom news and views with the president of Children's Health Defense, Mary Holland.
1: Centuries before scientists identified the incredible nutritive value of beef liver, our ancestors naturally revered it for the energy and vitality it provides. But most people today find liver's health benefits much more appealing than its flavor. That's why our partner Enviromedica offers a superior New Zealand grass-fed beef liver supplement. All the complex benefits of this ancient powerhouse superfood in modern, easy-to-swallow capsule form. Find out how to rewild yourself for optimum health at Enviromedica.com. That's Enviromedica.com.
0: Wellbeing Journal is a remarkable bi monthly health publication esteemed by intelligent readers worldwide. It's available in print or digital, single issues or subscription. Its focus is on living a happy, healthy life and preventing or healing illnesses naturally. Preventing or healing cancer, arthritis, cardiovascular conditions, and digestive issues, as well as nutritional solutions for optimal health, are regular subjects. Learn more at wellbeingjournal.com.
1: Want to advertise on One Life Radio? Send us an email, info at oneliferadio.com. Contagiously positive. One Life Radio is back.
0: Welcome back to One Life Radio, everyone. This is Bernadette with uh, Jerry and Marie, as well as Stephanie Lucretio. She is the Advocacy and Outreach Manager at Children's Health Defense, and we are going over the top news and views of the week from the Defender newsletter. It's free. Uh, It comes in your email once a week with all these top stories. I encourage you to go to children's... ChildrensHealthDefense.org and sign up for it. Uh, the next top headline from the Defender newsletter reads: Bear ordered to pay school employees $165 million in latest PCB lawsuit. So, Stephanie. You know, when I first read that headline, I was like, wow, $165 million, that's a lot of money. But <laughs> in my opinion, mm. uh, for Bayer to Mons- and, and Monsanto, it's just a cost of doing business, right? Almost like a speeding ticket or something. Can you share the specifics of, of this case, uh, the spe- specifics regarding this case, please?
2: First, I'll say that you're absolutely right. It is just a drop in the bucket. And as frustrating as it is, going after the big pharma and chemical companies is making a dent in their profitability. So we need to keep up the work and keep denting away. Um, as far as the case, a Washington State jury last week ordered chemical giant Bayer to pay $165 million to a group of the Sky Valley Education Center employees who alleged they became seriously ill from polychlorinated biphenols PCBs, that leaked from light fixtures made by the companies, Reuter reported. After nearly two months of trial and two weeks of deliberation, the jury on November 20th found Monsanto's spinoff Pharmacia LLC liable for selling PCBs without providing adequate warnings, which resulted in neurological injuries, endocrine disruption, and cognitive impairment to plaintiffs. Sky Valley is an alternative public school in Monroe, Washington. Plaintiffs included a librarian, a custodian, and five teachers. Two of the teachers, unfortunately, developed rare cancers. Um, An initial trial ended in June 2021 with 185 million verdicts in favor of three teachers, and a second trial later that year resulted in a $62 million verdict in favor of a group of seven students and parents. Approximately 200 plaintiffs at the school have filed suit against the company in more than 22 similar cases. Monsanto faces nearly $870 million in verdicts already granted related to the PCB exposure at the Sky Valley Center. The company is, of course, appealing the verdicts.
0: Mm-hmm. And for of people who
2: aren't aware, <laughs> PCBs are synthetic chemicals used as an insulating chemical and coolant that the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency linked to birth defects. Cancers and other illnesses. According to the company's website, it stopped producing the toxic chemical in 1977, two years before they were banned by the EPA in 1979. The company said that the school had been warned repeatedly since the 1990s that its light fixtures needed to be retrofitted, but those warnings were ignored.
0: Mm-hmm. There's so much to know about this, and it's a nationwide problem. They talk about that in the in the article in the Defender newsletter, and um, you know it, it's and it's in our water too. Bayer agreed as of August 2023 to pay 650 million to municipal entities for PCB water pollution, um, and several other claims are still pending. So this is a huge problem for all of us as a nation because we don't want our courts all clogged up with stuff like this. And yes, it must be addressed, but we need to find a better way to build things. Things and uh, I don't know. Just we just need to find a better way, a safer way for all of us. Agreed? Agreed. There's, Amen to that. Right. Yeah.
1: There's so many schools that have these PCBs right. that like need to be pretty much overhauled, and it's an impossible task.
0: Well, and didn't it's they find problems huge. with this like back in like 1929 or something like that? I, uh, I look. I had it circled in the article, and I am um, uh, having trouble finding it. But this has been a problem for a long time. I mean, right, I'm looking at here, Monsanto originally produced the PCBs that were used in light fixtures and caulking in the 1950s and 60s, um, mm-hmm. but there was something, maybe I'm getting my articles mixed up, but there's something that we've just got, we, we, we need to hold our, our government accountable, the FDA, the EPA, all these organizations that are put in place to protect us, and that's what we pay our taxes for, for them to work for the people, not for these big corporations to protect them, Right. And it's
2: clear that they're certainly not working for us because every agency is failing us miserably, and it's time that we hold their feet to the fire and hold them accountable for not doing their job.
0: Absolutely. And the next story is about basically the same thing. So the fourth story we're covering, what we're talking about today from the Defender newsletter reads, 50 years of research confirms serious health risks linked to food additives. So Stephanie, what food additive is linked to serious health risks and why did it take 50 years to break this story?
2: So the food additive that we're talking about right now is potassium bromate. It's a powerful oxidizing agent commonly used as a food additive in baked goods, including breads, pastries, bagels, and crusts. It's a chemical compound composed of the elements potassium, bromine, and oxygen. It is a white crystalline powder, and as a food additive, it is known as E924. It's used to strengthen dough, improve texture, and enhance the volume and appearance of baked goods. Potassium bromate has been linked to various cancers, along with thyroid disease, kidney damage, gut irritation, and reproductive endocrine abnormalities. This article also cites research in oxidative stress, genotoxicity, cytotoxicity, hearing loss, and inner ear damage, neurobehavioral changes, and a disruption of mitochondrial distribution. A couple of studies are reviewed, published in the 1990 in the journal Environmental Health Perspectives, where Japanese scientists examined the links between potassium bromate and renal cell tumors, mesothelioma of the peritoneum, along with follicular cell tumors of the thyroid. The researchers concluded that potassium bromate is a complete carcinogen, having both initiating and promoting activities for the development of renal cell tumors. So, in a 2018 study published in the Saudi Journal of Biological Sciences, researchers examined the effects of potassium bromate by dividing mice into three groups, a control group, a group given a low dose of potassium bromate, and one given a high dose. Animals in both the low and high dose groups experience a decrease in white blood cells, red blood cells, and platelets, and the authors concluded these results show that potassium bromate has a Serious, damaging effects, and therefore it should be avoided.
0: Mm. Is this the is this the same ingredient that uh, that they used to have in uh, in then in, in yoga mats and subway sandwiches? You know what I'm talking about?
2: No, you know, now, is funny. that a different chemical? I, I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. It's a different chemical. Um, but okay. it's funny because if you look, like a lot of the like, what um, are we doing? <laughs>
0: Yeah, what the, yes. heck are we doing?
2: Like the bread, the cupcakes, like the crescent rolls that you buy in the store. Yeah, they all contain this ingredient. So you know, people have to get into the habit of you know reading, reading their labels. You can yeah. be completely and totally fooled by all the marketing. Oh, it's a source of whole grains. It's aren't uh-huh. healthy. They have all these like taglines. But the truth is that if you really want to know whether or not something's healthy, it's as easy as flipping the box over going right into that ingredient deck and reading line item by line item, all the ingredients that are in that product. And that should be the determining factor because what I will say, the advocate in me knows that when you vote with your wallet and you refuse to buy certain things, like I think of GMOs, you know, back in the day when I had my son, that whole GMO verified oh, yeah. label a novelty, you barely ever saw it. And if you go into supermarkets now a lot of the mainstream brands have added that label uh-huh. to their products, which concerns me in a way because I hope that it hasn't been uh, compromised as far as, like, the, the testing that they're doing to give people right. that label. Mm-hmm. But what I'm hopeful is that so many people have refused to buy certain things and are actively seeking that label that the companies took a hit financially and decided, you know what, we got to change things up and, you know, give the people what they want. So we do yield a lot of power. When it comes to the food industry, the things that we refuse to bring in our homes and basically voting with our wallet every time you check out at a cash mm-hmm. register at a supermarket.
0: Yeah, we must read the labels, and we and we and you know and you know back in the day that stuff, this kind of stuff wasn't in our our food, you know, because we didn't, uh, it didn't have to have a long shelf life. Uh, you know, part of it I blame on the FDA, and part of it I blame on the consumer. You can't have everything you want when you want it, you know, with shelves of food everywhere in these big supermarkets, just waiting for someone to maybe come by and pick it up. But the FDA is, you know, what have they been saying about this additive for the past 50 years? They're very no. aware of this problem. Yeah,
2: and, you know, they, they go through this whole thing. I don't know if you've heard of the term GRAS, G-R-A-S. Yes, it's G-R-A-S, yeah. as safe. This is basically, like, one of those things where it's, like, the gray area. Like, it's generally regarded as safe. Uh-huh. You know, it, it's just an umbrella. You know, aspartame, fit under that for a very long time. Sucralose, all of these artificial sweeteners and you know generally regarded as safe that doesn't give me a whole lot of comfort as a consumer like what exactly does that mean it's generally regarded as safe like right. it really brings up a lot of questions into what types of scientific testing what types of investigation are you doing into all these chemicals and additives that are allowed in our food where so many other countries just simply do not allow it it's yeah. not allowed it's not okay to be in that food and a lot of companies that are serving the United States and other markets internationally right. make two different products for the U.S. and for all of the countries because yeah. we allow so much stuff in our food that's just simply not allowed in other places.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, you it's know, it, it, there's, we, we, we don't have enough time to correct this problem or even scratch the surface of what, you know, so many things that could be, you know, fixed here and, 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 and at least lessen the impact um, on the environment from the food waste and all these things that are connected to why they would even think about putting a chemical like this in the food, right, um, as an oxidizing agent. Um,
1: what, what do you want to say, well, Marie? <laughs> how are companies, they're going to have to make separate products just for California?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's
1: yeah. crazy, well, and, right. You know,
0: and kudos to California for calling. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, You know, that's the one thing I do love about California. They will call <laughs> out stuff, right? Um, They're wrong about vaccines, but they'll call out stuff. <laughs> they're completely wrong about the vaccines, but... It's uh, just crazy that But California, they do a lot of things right, yeah. Yeah, that yeah.
1: California outlaws it, but... The rest of the states yeah. are fine with it. It yeah. just doesn't make sense. Yeah.
0: But, um, but it's kind of funny. Uh, I'm looking at the clock again. We need to go to break. We, <laughs> we have a lot of work to continue here. Everyone stay tuned. More coming up with Stephanie Lucretio. Top news and views of the week from the Defender newsletter and childrenshealthdefense.org. Stay tuned. You are listening to One Life Radio.
1: You're listening to One Life Radio. Make sure you check out our podcast and get to know the show at oneliferadio.com.
0: The ecosystems of the body and the earth are inseparable. Gut health is the foundation of all health. And just as biodiversity is integral to the health of the earth's ecosystems, microbial diversity and balance are key to the health of your gut microbiome. I have been taking Enviromedica probiotics for over six years now, and I encourage you to try them as well. Rewild your gut with spore-based probiotics and wild harvested prebiotics. Visit Enviromedica.com and check out all of their excellent products. Get reconnected to the earth with Enviromedica. That's Enviromedica.com. In today's environment, books provide the most reliable means for disseminating knowledge. Children's Health Defense Publishing offers titles written by foremost authorities and courageous voices who speak the truth despite criticism and consequences, often at the expense of their careers. Here are the latest must-reads in the Fight for Truth, The Courage to Face COVID-19, Preventing Hospitalization and Death While Battling the Biopharmaceutical Complex, by true crime writer John Leake and prominent research cardiologist, Dr. Peter McCullough. Lies My Government Told Me and the Better Future Coming by Dr. Robert Malone. And Cause Unknown, the epidemic of sudden deaths in 2021 and 2022 by former BlackRock fund manager, Ed Dowd. Get your copies today at skyhorsepublishing.com and listen to the show every Monday with Mary Holland, president of Children's Health Defense, for updates and deep dives into these new releases. That's skyhorsepublishing.com.
1: We're back. More of One Life Radio starts now.
0: Welcome back to One Life Radio, everyone. This is Bernadette Biaschetti with Jerry Caldwell, Marie Early, and Stephanie Lucretio. We are finishing up the top news and views of the week from the Defender newsletter and the Children'sHealthDefense.org with Stephanie Lucretio. Okay, uh, the the next news story that we're coming uh, covering Are talking about today from the defender newsletter reads something really troubling here that's in quotes plastics pose cancer risk for babies and young kids Stephanie this piece was written by the new lead who is the new lead and what is really troubling uh, as the headline states
2: sure the new lead is a news initiative specializing in coverage of environmental issues that are critical to the health and well-being of people everywhere This group of writers makes great contributions to Defender, so we're so grateful to their work. The troubling part is that everyday plastics may affect many major organs in babies and young children, posing a wide variety of serious health risks as they develop, according to a new report that reviewed 120 recent studies. Hmm. Evidence shows potential links between babies' exposure to plastics and their risk for developing cancer, ADHD, and other conditions that may arise when the endocrine system is is disrupted, according to the report, which was published in early November by the environmental group Earthday.org. Microplastics, bits of plastic smaller than 5 millimeters, have also been found in the human placenta, disrupting communication between a fetus and the mother's body. This isn't just a simple issue, said Tom Cogrove, chief creative and content officer at Earthday.org. It's big. The impacts are really broad, and it's going to take a serious global commitment to get us through this and to figure out how we can get to the other side. Mm -hmm. The report was published ahead of a meeting of delegates from 150 countries, which discussed the details of a global plastics treaty
0: to curb plastic waste. Yeah. You know, uh, there's so many there's so many issues here today. And I'm looking at the clock. I want to be sure to get through these next stories quickly. And I also really want to play this tape from I know you've heard it before from the for the for the next story about the measles. But I want to say this before we move on. And I'm reading this that they um, you know, the new lead is advocating for a 60% reduction in plastic production by 2040. And half of the three million, three excuse me, three hundred million tons of plastics in, that the world produces each year are single use. So we all have to take responsibility for single use plastic and just simply stop doing it and work together to fix this problem uh, across the world. Right, Stephanie? absolutely okay absolutely yeah it's it's a problem okay so the next uh defender newsletter uh uh headline reads measles measles cases rise dramatically but not in the u.s and i'm going to make an executive call here to play this tape real quick because i want people to understand the history of measles it's one minute and 17 seconds so just listen and then stephanie um you can comment afterwards go ahead jerry hi peter what are you doing home from
1: school? They sent me home. Measles. That's either measles or a strange
2: case of red freckles. You have got a temperature.
1: They told me 101.1.
2: What's the record? Never mind. Oh, are you sure it's the measles? Well, he certainly got all the symptoms. A slight temperature, a lot of dots, and a great big smile. A great big smile?
0: No school for a few days.
2: Say hello to my dotted son for me. Tell him I'll bring him some comic books and I'll see you
0: later, dear. Okay, honey, bye. Boy, this
1: is the life, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah. If you have to get sick, you sure can't beat the measles. That's right. No medicine. Inside or out. Like shots, I mean. Don't even mention shots.
0: Yuck!
2: (laughs) Measles, measles, measles. Well, all the kids have now had the measles. So have I. Well, I had them years ago.
0: Looks like the Brady's are finished with the measles. (laughs) Hold it.
1: You're not through yet.
2: Alice, don't tell me
0: you're coming down with the measles. Oh, I hope so. I'd hate to think I was
1: just learning how to blush at my
0: age. (laughs) All right, and there you have it. That was a recording from the Brady Bunch from December 24th, 1969. Stephanie, I thought it was important that we play that tape so people understand the history of the measles and how it used to be really just a nothing disease, right? What are your comments? I'm
2: glad you have that archive because I know back in the day, a couple of years ago, YouTube took so many of those uh, videos off of mm-hmm. the Internet. So You can't even find that. But, mm-hmm. yeah, as far as the story goes, CDC is reporting that falling measles vaccination rates during the COVID-19 pandemic caused a later spike in the global measles-related illness and death. But the increase in deaths was based on a model and not actual reported fatalities. Based on a separate concurrent CDC data, this effect was not observed in the U.S. Typical cooking of the numbers to show an intended outcome. We see it all the time. It doesn't surprise me, but people need to know that, I mean, most of my, you know, family members that were born in the 50s and 60s mm-hmm. had the measles. They're here to mm-hmm. talk about it. It's not a deadly disease. It is, you know, a virus, You chicken soup,
0: right? you know, baths, you're going to survive, <laughs> mm-hmm. You're gonna be just fine. Um, but but okay. You know, <laughs> but you know, uh, we, and you know there should there actually we could do a whole show on the measles and the history of it and what has happened um, in the last fifty uh, plus years. But um, I just thought that that was a great tape to play. As you said, it really puts things in perspective. Let's rapid fire through these last four uh, stories from the uh, Children's Health Defense, the most read news and views of the week from the Defender Newsletter. The next one reads: Thirty-five-year-old firefighter injured by COVID vaccine. And forced to retire, sues New York City for disability benefits. Stephanie?
2: Yeah, so a New York firefighter is suing New York City for denying him expanded disability payments after he was forced into early retirement due to permanent heart damage from the city mandated COVID 19 vaccine. His lawyer says the denial is a part of disturbing pattern of deliberate cruelty toward the vaccine injured and anyone who has spoken out against the mandate. God bless this young man and let's keep him strong for this fight. Absolutely.
0: You know what? Uh, We did our best to try to get through this, but it's a lot. It is, and I'm going to save these last three headlines for next week with Ray Flores, and we'll go over these as well. Uh, We'll rapid fire them next week. Stephanie, thank you so much for being on the air with us today, and thank you to the Children's Health Defense for all of the work that you guys do there. Thank you so much. Thank you to you. It's always great to be here. Yeah, always great to have you. We'll talk to you in a couple weeks. Everyone, you get one body, you get one mind, and you get one life. Protect it. Please protect it.